0: on the wrestling podcast about nothing, it's not for the faint of heart. If you've got a weak stomach, you might want to move on to the next episode because right in time for Halloween, we'll be describing in horrific detail some of wrestling's most frightening matches.
1: The fact that I've sat in a room right next to your recording podcast for two years shows that I don't have a weak stomach.
0: I'm going to ignore that, and I'm going to tell you that we also have a special edition of the fan-favorite game Making Towns or Made Up Clowns coming up for you plus your promo what nothing and so much more but first tell him george i think i can sum up the show for you with one word nothing Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 132, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars. Now he is a Ring of Honor wrestler. He is Mr. Inside Edition. It's the great pumpkin, Brian Malonis.
1: He's calling me fat.
0: <laughs> no, it's like, you know, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I'm just talking to you about The Great Pumpkin.
1: Oh, okay. That's I, the way I'm going to spin it. That movie stinks. So
0: <laughs> It's not a movie. It's a TV show. It stinks. It's, it's a not, special. It's not good. What's your favorite thing about Halloween then?
1: Um, I don't know. Candy? I don't
0: know. <laughs> I <shouldn't> have, <laughs> why don't you even ask, right? I'm
1: not a halloween sort of guy. It's not, my, uh, it's not my deal.
0: Well, uh, my lovely bride is big on the Halloween. So we just came back from Salem, Massachusetts today. Oh, this is why
1: that we're pushing the brink of... Uh, world series potential clincher for the red sox game five here well so yeah. you could have a good time
0: well yeah no the little guy could have a good time
1: he doesn't even know what the hell's going on around him jesus christ
0: oh <laughs> but, but you might God. see some pictures of uh myself and the missus and the little oh, one Oh
1: boy what was the costume this In time?
0: Or around salem
1: what was the costume this year mike family costume I'm i sure. might
0: i might have been a little itchy might have been a little itchy. The moon was out.
1: Oh boy, Teen Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> something from the eighties. Well,
0: not Teen Wolf. Just uh, a werewolf. Middle aged wolf at this point, I think, Brian. But uh, yeah, middle so. age. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Give or take.
1: Give or For take. An average person, maybe. Yeah. Give or take.
0: What's your favorite Halloween costume you ever? I'm sure you were a Hulk Hogan at one point, right? You must have been. I
1: don't know. I, I the ones I remember the most. I remember the old? Uh, they'd come in like those. Like, uh, I was to say wood boxes, not wood, like a cardboard box, and it would have like the, the cellophane, yeah, the top. so you could see the mask, right? And, right. Had, like, the, and, and the costumes were fucking terrible, yeah, they're brutal because they're, they're it's just like, so I remember having like a, um, I think I was Beast Man one year, and it's just like, it's like from He Man, oh, um, okay. it's it was just like, it was, it's like that plastic, yeah, like. Shawl, or I don't know, am I I describing this accurately? Like you pull it over your head, and it's not even like what the character looked like. I was gonna say that, yeah. It's like their logo, or just says their name, or yeah. Because I
0: got Spider Man one year, and it's like the Spider Man suit, like the plastic suit that you'd wear. Doesn't look like Spider-Man's costume. No,
1: probably has his logo on it. It's yeah. Spider-Man. And then you wear the mask. Like, yeah, it's it it. brutal, terrible. But uh, yeah, the costumes uh, have
0: much improved over the years. Yeah,
1: but that was, that was probably I, I actually got out of Halloween pretty young. I'd say I, I was probably done trick or treating by like ten or eleven. Even I, I
0: just didn't care doing the whole shaving cream and eggs thing.
1: No, no, I would stay in and uh, watch football because <laughs> <laughs> usually in, in my town we didn't do it on. I mean, group of Manchester, New Hampshire, they'd always have it on Sunday from one to. Three
0: in, in the af- what,
1: yeah, you're
0: gonna yeah. have the nightfall. Well, not in Manchester, New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do now,
1: they do now. Oh, I- really? Ironically, now that the city is cesspool, <laughs> 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 they do it on Halloween night now. But uh, just dodging bullets yeah, up there. When I was growing up, it was like one to three, one to four on like on like Sunday afternoon, uh, usually before uh, Sunday before Halloween. So, really, yeah, but I, I just I, Halloween was never my thing.
0: Happy Halloween anyway. Yeah, sure. Thanks, so for like bringing,
1: said, thanks for bringing me candy.
0: <laughs> I did bring you some candy. You did. So uh, I pushed you to Sunday because I was going to come to the show on Friday, but uh, I couldn't make it. Brian, you're very disappointed in me, I'm sure.
1: No, it's fine. I, 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 was, okay. fu- I was fine. I was more like, uh, so that's fine, but, uh, you know, you gotta, you know and I'm sure you were thrilled or, or your, your wife was thrilled because she doesn't give a shit about baseball, but, uh, you know, it's the World Series. So It is the World Series. You know, you have to acquiesce a little bit.
0: Yeah, so we're recording Sunday, uh, a little at six thirty now. we getting close to seven. Yeah, we
1: got. Yeah, we got to get a move on here. We got to get a move on because uh, first pitch is in like uh, like an hour and twenty minutes. So
0: okay, hour and twenty minutes. We, <laughs> we can definitely do that. We can definitely do that. Last week we talked about New England's hidden gems. And uh, got a good response to this episode, Brian. Definitely, we're going to be returning to this topic soon.
1: Yeah, we didn't talk about anybody like who's still really out there, current. Like, no, yes, you know. So, and I think that that was our plan to talk about both. And we think we just got and there's still, I think, plenty of guys we could talk about that we've encountered along the way, either as fans or as uh, guys in the business. I think we could still talk about. So, uh, yeah, I think we need to do a, a part two. Maybe we'll bring somebody else on to give to add a fresh perspective. Uh, to it as well you know brian fury might be a good one to bring along uh, he'd here. always
0: give favoritism to his guys
1: yeah <laughs> uh, some jamoke from uh, wfa
0: <laughs> speaking of uh, manchester new hampshire Manchester Zone, playboy jimmy james is very upset that he wasn't on my list <laughs>
1: he could have been a contender
0: <laughs> he was yeah he was just just below the uh line there he was on my list just couldn't get to where you know, he ran out of
1: on part two i'm sure uh, uh, I'm sure how do we not talk about the designated hitter though that's you know upset right there
0: I caught a mystery around that guy there's not <laughs> a lot out there about him
1: <laughs> thank god
0: <laughs> so yeah we're definitely going to come back to uh, Hidden Gems Part 2 coming soon to the wrestling podcast about nothing I mean, you might actually get alex arian to come out in the ring. he talked about that on the episode too uh that he's kind of semi retired he's never said he's retired he makes sure to uh, say that he's not retired but uh you're kind of working a deal out with his wife
1: yeah i mean she's a ruthless negotiator <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's, I mean, it's gonna cost me a fortune to get him to get him on and I'm not even the booker so <laughs> it's gonna cost me a fortune to get him out of retirement semi-retirement
0: Good luck with that. Yeah,
1: thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you won't be footing the bill. You don't foot the bill for anything.
0: Well, no. But I, I didn't win the uh, Mega Millions.
1: so <laughs> Me either, buddy.
0: But the closest uh, you can get if you want to be a billionaire is to wear the Mega Malonis t-shirt, you can get that at BrianMalones.com
1: Yeah, these things are flying off my merch table uh, this past Friday night at uh, Chaotic Wrestling, so uh, if you couldn't make it out there, or, or if you're uh, if you're a fan of ours who isn't local, uh, go to BrianMalones.com You get the Mega Malones t-shirt, you can get the old Kingpin t-shirt uh, You can get the Curtain Jerker WPAN t-shirt, my new logo t-shirt All sorts of good stuff over there
0: Go check out BrianMalonis.com. Also, for the podcast, check in with the TheWPAN.com. That is the TheWPAN.com. You can listen to the episodes right through the website if you wish. You can also learn how to subscribe to the various different uh, podcast platforms, your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe right there through the TheWPAN.com. Plus, there are bios of the both of us, photographs, and so much more. No peckers. No peckers yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm shy. I'm shy. I'll be shy. All right. Uh, Putting over podcasts. That is the Facebook group. Go to Facebook. Put in the search bar, putting over podcasts. We're talking about all pro wrestling podcasts there, including the wrestling podcast about nothing and so many more. So check out the Facebook group, putting over podcasts. Brian, we sat down. We watched a couple of bad matches. We sure did. You did something like this. uh, When I was on paternity leave from the wrestling podcast about nothing a few months ago yes you sat down with joe Morata and michael quinn from our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast make sure to check out that podcast every monday right after you listen to us check them out ovppodcast.com for that
1: and i just want to say you're an asshole because i had to watch these things twice
0: (laughs) (laughs) I i don't have access to the network currently uh you sir I'm an Sergeant Peters and Chicago <laughs> Police. So, uh, yeah, so you watched a couple of uh, bad matches with them. I kind of missed out, so I figured uh, I wanted to join in on the fun. Halloween theme, so we're looking at horrific halloween kind of themed matches. Well,
1: they'll certainly give you nightmares. <laughs> they
0: sure will. So the first match that we watched is the Kennel from hell match from hell and that is from uh wwe's unforgiven 1999 the match is al snow versus the big boss man and this is all over pepper right
1: it is yeah and this is just proof that at this particular point in time this company could do anything and it wasn't going to hurt them (laughs) i mean they were still going to make money in spite of themselves at this particular juncture, because this thing is horrendous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I said earlier, it's dog shit. I didn't even really, uh, <laughs> I didn't even uh, get the pun there, but yeah, it's yeah, you can literal, say that again. <laughs> it's literal <laughs> dog shit. So the rules of this match: it is two cages. You have the old school blue steel cage, you know, around the ring directly, and then around the outside, you have the hell in a cell structure. So double cages, and the point is to escape both cages to win, right? That is the
1: object of the uh, of the match.
0: So they start out this match, Al Snow and Big Boss Man, with Al Snow forcing Boss Man out of the first cage, locking the door, keeping Al Snow in the first cage, keeping Boss Man between the two cages. Right, but
1: the, the, but the dogs, right? The dogs are... Oh, wait, no. The fucking dogs weren't even The dogs even were like, late. Yeah, they weren't even like coming down the aisle yet, so he literally could have just walked out of the Hell in a Cell and been declared the winner.
0: has missed their cue. Yes. So that was kind of the point, was Boss Man was stuck in the area there, uh, you know, outside on the uh, floor, and then the dog handlers come out with the dogs. There's what? Probably five or six, five or six dogs. Yeah. Rottweilers, yes. as Jim Ross said time and time again. They're Rottweilers, <laughs> which is the most uh, vicious of the breeds of canine we are led to believe
1: i guess <laughs> <laughs> not according to what we see here but not least to the human beings in the match they, aren't. they are They're fighting <laughs> with each other oh well,
0: yeah so when the dogs come out they do get a little pop a little bit people are <laughs>
1: they do and they almost immediately start pissing everywhere
0: <laughs> yeah they, they don't shh, don't frighten the animals <laughs> keep the noise down keep the noise down al snow locks bossman out so Bossman, uh, once the dogs come out and, you know, those vicious animals, Boss Man goes to climb the blue cage to get in the ring with Al Snow. Well, they saw what he did to Pepper. You know what happened to Pepper. <laughs> Where it gets around with dogs. Yeah. Oh, it? yeah. yeah <laughs> of course it does. Somehow, Boss Man is up on the cage, and then they switch positions. So now Al Snow is on the outside at the top of the cage, and Boss Man is inside at the top of the cage. Snow climbs down. And tries to run from the dogs, but the dogs are paying attention to each other and not what's going on. What's well, the thing match. too?
1: Like you, see so you have four sides of the ring, and all the dogs are in like one corner. Right. Of the ring. Yeah, all like, the handlers are like, just kind of hunched yeah. in together. Yeah, it's like they'll just like, oh, we'll just sit here and shoot the shit rather than like you probably should spread the dogs out. No, nobody wants to give them any direction there. Okay, we'll continue.
0: (laughs) So JR says, this idea is the idea of Al Snow. So that's who we have to blame,
1: Brian, (laughs) apparently. I think think right beforehand, too, he's like, this one one has potential for some bowling shoe tendencies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No true words have ever been spoken. Al Snow uh, is trying to get away from these dogs that aren't paying attention to him. He climbs up, gets superplexed, into the ring off the cage by the big boss man, and then just right off the bat, they're throwing each other into the cage, uh, you know, willy nilly. There's no tease of that whatsoever, they're just going right into it. They're, they're already taking out weapons and banging them around anyway, so it's kind of
1: yeah, there's that one zero like to a hundred shovel shot to the house. <laughs> I swear, I think boss man is immediately apologizing for it because <laughs> he had somebody who he looked he's bent over and he's clearly saying something to him. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's like, oh my god, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so JR also says, it's one of the more unique matches I've ever seen. Uh, translation, <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, wrote, I wrote one point
1: like, I don't know at what particular juncture, both wrestlers in the ring, I remember when I wrote my note, this match is just boring.
0: Yeah, the crowd is uh, nonplussed, as are the dogs. No one's excited about this match. (laughs) Barely Al Snow
1: and Big Boss Man. Dogs are a little excited because they continue to piss all over the floor.
0: (laughs) Excited or scared, one or the other, one or the other. Al Snow gets hit in the head with a cookie sheet a number of times. Uh, You know, it's one of those things where you know, in 2018, seeing guys just taking shots to the head just a little, (laughs) little weird.
1: It's honestly a typical, other, other than the dogs. Uh, you know, it, there's nothing special about this match. They don't do anything unique. They try to engage the dogs. It doesn't work. And it's just a t- ends up being a typical late 90s WWE hardcore match. Yeah, with very
0: little psychology.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll just hit each other with weapons.
0: Yes. So Boss Man is uh, up on the cage, and he's ripping down the top of the the cell structure, ripping down one of the uh, panels, you know, rip, just taking the, the cage part, pulling it down, and I guess he's kind of intimately familiar with the structure being that he was hung from it, right? Yes. Well, has that already happened? I don't even really know. I don't even – I, I <laughs>
1: couldn't even tell you. I don't know where this falls chronologically to that. If he had, it's great psychology because he's ripping off the top of the cage, so he can't possibly be hung from it. There
0: you go. <laughs> so Al Snow, I find out at this juncture, is the hardcore champion. So, okay. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. I had that on my note. Though. It was a hardcore title match.
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> and I didn't see the answers. Maybe he came out with the belt and I didn't uh, –
1: uh, well, there was a promo too beforehand where he called Bossman fat like six times and called him a son of a bitch. But he wasn't fat though. No, he wasn't at this at this particular juncture. No, he's
0: uh, he's a good, in good and, shape. Uh, and Snow shape. was the one that ate Pepper. So, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: who's the fat one?
0: <laughs> Pepper's not fattening. He was very skinny. <laughs> <laughs> not an uh, of to fatten that little guy's body.
1: Yeah, there was on that plate that he served him in, the, in this angle. Pepper wouldn't uh, wouldn't produce that much meat. I no. think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, you got all this stuff going on, all this garbage in the ring. So why wouldn't the big boss man pull out powder, the ceremonial <laughs> salt, if you will? Yes. And goes to throw it at Al Snow. Al Snow kicks it in his face, and so that's the spot that lasts in our heads for ten seconds. Then we move on.
1: Do you think these guys knew, like, you, you putting this together, like, oh, this is gonna be bad? Probably. This is, is going to be really bad. Probably. <laughs> man, I mean, millions of people are going to see it.
0: So this match is a uh, double juice. Boss man is bleeding by this point. Unbelievable. Why, why wouldn't you? And you see the these two guys bleeding, killing each other with weapon shots. You cut to the dogs. They're just kind of hanging out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of awkward dog handlers don't know where to look They're just kind of all standing in a little cluster
1: they all got uh, wwe shirts on though that's nice <laughs> a little freebie i think they're they get the gift the f out shirts I, th- I think they are
0: no i think it's just wwf attitude oh is this it? is pre is it uh, still wwf at this point oh it is yeah i don't
1: think they really have the f out shirt but there's that one spot where they put uh al snow puts boss man's hand through the cage for the dogs to try to bite and Bossman leaves his hand there awkwardly and the dogs <laughs> no don't even no no nobody wants a bite no all right cool <laughs> <laughs>
0: should have like dipped it in cow blood or something
1: <laughs> i'm not sure it would have mattered <laughs> <laughs> it probably wouldn't have what could have saved this match mike <laughs> oh um
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: I, I I got nothing either. I was thinking like, what could they have done differently? Like if, all the all the factors still in play. You got the hell in the cell, the cage, the dogs out there. Like I, I don't I don't know what these guys could have done here to uh, to, <laughs> to save this. Thing. Would it?
0: Be, I mean, you put lumberjacks in there instead of dogs. Would that do anything?
1: So it could be Halloween themed. Put them in like Scooby Doo costumes.
0: Ooh, huh? <laughs> not bad, not bad. Keep with the theme of the episode here. Like yes. that.
1: Uh, Maybe they could. Oh, they weren't together at that time. They're probably uh, much like myself, teenage teenage fellows. So you could have got the dogs from Ring of Honor,
0: or, or you get the British bulldogs, the pit bulls, from ECW. Oh, I like bring it. Bring them in.
1: Yeah, there we go. This now we're cooking. That with That guy, gas. the
0: dog from WCW,
1: Rick Steiner, the dog
0: face. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Line them all around the ring. That would have been a, a all time classic for sure. The junkyard dog. <laughs> for, oh, I think he was dead by '99. I think so. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it was a car accident.
1: I know, but yeah, still. I'm sorry. It's very sad.
0: It is. It is. But uh, no, hey, thanks, instead. Thanks
1: for killing the momentum of the <laughs> joke.
0: <laughs> but no, instead, uh, just a bunch of dogs that don't give a F what's going on. <laughs> Much like the crowd <laughs> here at Unforgiven 1999. <laughs> so at one point, Al Snow gets shackled to the top turnbuckle uh, you know, by the boss man, who is you know really adept with the handcuffs, if you will. But boss man goes to climb over the cage, and Al Snow just breaks the handcuffs. This guy's Superman. He sure does. Unbelievable. And he shakes the ropes. Boss Man is standing on, and Boss Man gets crotched. You don't see that bump too much anymore. Although I can't imagine doing it on cable, but. Yeah, it's still, it's still rope in WWF.
1: It is, but I mean in, like on the indies and stuff. You know, yeah it's not. But um, Yeah, boy, I don't think I can't remember the last time I've seen somebody get crotched on the top rope like that.
0: It happens. It's a good spot. It happens. So boss man climbs back up through the hole. That he created in the uh, ceiling of the cell. Al Snow climbs over the blue cage. Transitions to the side of the cell. He's uh, hanging there above the door. Goes over, pats the dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Gives Fido a treat. Kicks the door open. It's underneath him. And he just... Jumps down. (laughs)
1: And he's out. The dogs are not even close to him not even looking no. at him not even paying attention
0: and the bell rings re-
1: really really the trick was why he was doing that is he didn't want to step in all the dog piss and shit that was all over the no
0: yeah he did very well <laughs> avoiding all that stuff didn't want to step in that. but this match there is like no crescendo it was like just above zero for the entire <laughs> way through and Unbelievable. It just ended. No ebbs or
1: flows. Just nothing. Just ebbs. <laughs> nothing.
0: So Boss Man was climbing one area. Al Snow was climbing the other area. And Al Snow just happened to be climbing right by the door and got out.
1: So it's very resourceful.
0: He was very resourceful. Uh Jim Ross says, We've just seen the first and maybe the last. <laughs> he knows that this was absolute garbage. And Nineteen years
1: later, we still have not seen this match again.
0: <laughs> no, maybe someday. Maybe uh, Warbeard Hansen can dust that off. Mothballs. <laughs> maybe. So, Boss Man now has to try to find his way out of the cage. Yes. Away from the most passive pooches <laughs> in professional wrestling in, in all of history, I would say.
1: Yeah, they used to get better. Uh, Matilda used to do better with chasing Jimmy Hart than these dogs. Uh, well,
0: not really. She would
1: chase him occasionally.
0: I, I mean, but then they'd he'd get there, or she. Until they would get there and just kind of sniff around. Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing really happened. So they should have really learned their lesson from that. But no. Boss man is quote unquote chased to the back. Yeah, he's...
1: All the the way to the entrance before we even see the
0: handlers with the dogs. Yeah, just... And, and Mike, there was was a high spot in this match, (laughs) and it's coming. (laughs) Yes, the awkward handlers uh, kind of uh, trot down the aisle after the boss man. Boss man is, like, at the slowest trot you've ever seen, and the handlers kind of catch up, and one of the female handlers basically falls onto her dog. No, no, no. I don't think it was a female. It wasn't? I don't think so. It, it was looked a, like it. It was, a, it was a bigger fella. It was a long-haired somebody. Yeah, I thought it it might was have a, been a male. I don't
1: know. It was, bigger. It was a bigger
0: person. Well, anyway, they were big. <laughs> fell onto the dog, yeah, right onto
1: the poor dog, and bossman oh, it broke its hind legs.
0: Bossman escaped, and uh, soon after, that dog was taken out behind the building. And uh,
1: oh, come on! Oh. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You can't say that. People love dogs.
0: I, I'm so well. I mean, you <laughs> said he broke his legs. That I uh, no, I think the dog's okay. <laughs> No dogs were harmed in the making of this uh, pay per view. In the making of this episode of the Wrestling Podcast, about nothing. It's,
1: this is one of those times where you get back through the curtain and you know that these guys just looked at each other and was like, "God, did that suck?" Like you, like there's no way they didn't know the moment they got through the curtain. Like, wow, that was awful. I can't, yeah. believe, we, I can't believe that happened.
0: It's one of those times where you're like, "Well, thank God that you know the next show is tomorrow." Yeah, <laughs> where you can try to erase the memory of this fucking thing.
1: Yeah, hopefully nobody, hopefully nobody remembers it.
0: Not a lot of people remember this match, Brian, but we're going to bring it up. We're going to bring it to the forefront here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. It was WCW, and it was Halloween Havoc 1991. Yes, yes, (laughs) 1991. The Chamber of Horrors match.
1: Oh, and it certainly was a Chamber of Horrors.
0: (laughs) Chamber of Horrors. Horrors, and you know, I, uh, I
1: don't. I don't know if this is the, the most appropriate place to say this. Maybe later on was, but I'll just throw it there now because I'm gonna forget because there's so much awfulness in this match. The rules of this match still better than the Cage of Doom with Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage versus the Dungeon of the Doom. Doomsday. I cage. understood more clearly how to win this match than <laughs> how to win the the Cage of Doom or whatever the hell it was.
0: I mean, yeah, there are more simple rules, but just a poor concept, I think.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. But at least there was a clear and defined way of how to fucking win this match. And still some
0: very nonsensical things going on that we'll get into here. (laughs) But, uh, yes, Gary Michael Capetta, GMC, was tasked with explaining the rules. He did great. (laughs) He did. He did uh, talk about there are various devices of torture around the ring. Devices of of torture. torture. (laughs) So the rules of the match are... Okay, there is a cage around the ring. Right? Yes, I'm and say. it it's not doesn't have a top on it, but it kind of it kind of goes inward a little bit. And from the ceiling, is it after five minutes? I don't know. Which they, I don't know why it's not starting this way. Yeah, but,
1: it's 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 bizarre that like you can't win the match in the first like five minutes because the the thing you need to win the match is not even in play yet.
0: Yeah, at a certain point in the match. This device lowers from the ceiling. The ultimate device of torture. It is the basically an electric chair, a chair of torture. I think is what uh, Jim yeah, Ross calls yeah, it. Yeah, and like Tony that. Schiavone, who are commenting on this match. But yeah, this chair comes down within a smaller shark cage, if you will. And the point of the match is to get one of the people into that chair and fucking murder them. Yes. <laughs> Done. Literal <laughs> murder. Moida. So there is a switch that is on the cage that we'll talk about in grand detail in moments. But there's a, a, a large, that you know, that old school switch where you grab it by the handle and throw it down to activate the electric chair, if you will. That's what's going to happen for someone to win this match. You
1: know when I knew we were in trouble, Mike? When's that? The, the fact that the even the ring entrances and introductions were so weird.
0: Yes, <laughs> because they introduced a baby face, a heel, a baby face, a heel. No,
1: no, they didn't even do that. Oh, okay. No, it, it went elegante. Yes. Then it went Vader. Right. Then it went the Diamond Stud. Yes, Razor Ramon. Then remote. it went the Steiner Brothers. No, Cactus Jack after I'll that. I'll try Cactus Jack. There was like three heels like in a row. And then they like a baby, the baby face tag team, and then Abdullah, and then Sting. It was just like, well, I don't even. I was so confused at first. Like, wait, I had to rewind when I first watched it the first time this morning.
0: I rewound. I'm like, wait, what the hell are these teams? I couldn't figure out what the teams were. I mean, you talk about teams. I didn't realize till they announced that the winners of the match are the team of. Like, there is no rhyme or reason for the entrances. So I figured it was like a. Free for all. Free for all. <laughs> and whoever they got into, the, I mean, I guess naturally you would think that baby faces work together, which they did in this match, and the heels work together. But at the end of the day, they came out singly heel, baby face, you know, all mishmashed. And in the end, they say the winners of the team of spoiler alerts. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Starting off with a bang here. And by the way, Rick and Scott Steiner are introduced, and Rick's tights say guts on them. They're orange. They say gut, and it's kind of right across his gut, so that's kind of funny.
1: Oh, Halloween themed!
0: So the bell rings in the Chamber of Horrors match. This is Halloween Havoc, nineteen ninety-one, and the last four guys announced: Rick and Scott Steiner, Abdullah the Butcher, Sting aren't in the cage yet. So the referee (laughs) doing a terrible job here of making sure everyone is accounted for before ringing the bell. It is Nick Patrick. And speaking of the referees, two referees in this match. Nick Patrick is inside the ring and what's his face i think randy anderson is on the floor they have absolutely positively 100 percent nothing to do that's not true nick patrick has a special (laughs) apparatus on (laughs) he does have a task which is to turn his head towards the action because he is wearing a hockey helmet for the first time ever in the history of professional wrestling He he is uh Wearing the referee camera <laughs> just rolls off the tongue.
1: I love I love this concept. Why do we never do that with you?
0: Really should have.
1: I think I think uh, the next time you you dust off the. Uh 48 inch waist referee pants we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to have you wear one of these and then put the footage on uh, w- WPAN's YouTube.
0: GoPro with a suction cup? Yes. Just I'd stick it to the Yeah, melon. you don't even need a helmet right, right on your, right in your chrome dome. Right on the dome there. Right on the ball spot. Perfect. <laughs> so I'm looking at a perfect spot right now for it. <laughs> so I, yeah that they had no purpose out there because obviously no rules and the way you win is to get the guy in the chair, throw the switch. So there's no reason for them to be out there i guess i mean beyond storyline it's you know to check on the guys i guess to relay spots perhaps give times check on the dead body at <laughs> the <end. laughs> exactly uh so this match begins as i mentioned four guys still on the outside guys in the ring and i look down and i'm typing i look up and see a guy in a black hood being slammed onto a wooden object he popped out of the casket he was hiding in the casket Oh, he was? Yeah, he
1: was hiding in the... Ca- there was a casket at ringside that he was hiding in. Why? I, d- I don't know. Who was he? I don't know. <laughs> it's literally never... <laughs> 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 it, it, they make a big... Oh, he, uh, there's a man hiding in the casket. That He said it like very quickly and then he's just... Part of the match, and it's never explained. No, he's not
0: part of the match, because he is immediately <laughs> slammed and destroyed, and he's on his back on the outside the entire no time. No
1: explanation of of who or what, and I don't know, you know, at least on, we just watched the match. We didn't go and search out, uh, you know, if there ever was like a payoff down the road from it, but yeah.
0: I can tell you right now, there wasn't. I'm, sh- I'm sure there wasn't. <laughs> I don't know for a fact.
1: Mike Mills, tell I us. I know for a fact. Yeah, Mike Mills, you got to know, right?
0: <laughs> no, he doesn't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like him some WCW.
0: Well, not at this point. I think he's more the uh, NWA side of things. Right. At this point, it was already down the shitter.
1: Yeah, justify this, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> please,
0: please do. Yeah. So this this guy in a black hood, just there, and really is a non-factor in the match, which I don't really know. Non-factor in so many ways. <laughs> yes. Uh, Put
1: absolutely nothing to the table.
0: Like I said, like about five minutes in, the chair gets lowered. The electric chair within the shark cage gets lowered from the ceiling into the middle of the ring, and Cactus Jack is laying there and almost gets smooshed by it. It's almost like the uh, halftime heat. No? You don't know what I'm talking about there?
1: Oh, yes, I do. What
0: what, what is it? The uh, the The, forklift? The forklift
1: on the rock, and they have the camera on
0: it. What? No! (laughs) So, yeah, Cactus Jack almost gets smooshed, but he rolls out of the way. So at this point, the cage... With the electric chair, the chair of torture, if you will, yeah. is in the ring. It fills the entire ring. By the way, it takes <laughs> up like all
1: the space they have to work. It t- basically takes up.
0: Right, there's no way to run a rope spot at all. There's no way
1: to do anything.
0: No, really. Uh, so at this point, a special group of people come down the uh, entryway. I lost
1: my. I, sh- I, w- I wish I'd watch this with you the first time. I wish you watched it. To, well, I wish I'd watched it together you know rather than watching it separate the first time because i lost my shit right. <laughs> on this
0: so wcw has the uh, entrance ramp the ramp that is uh, elevated the entire way from the uh, entryway to the ring that you know that staging so these zombie nurses <laughs> or nurse zombies if you will orderlies maybe maybe uh in white face come down to ringside oh, and they're
1: walking like zombies right and then they all just politely kneel and, and they have the a,
0: a, um, a what do you call it a stretcher a stretcher with them and uh, apparently they're going to claim the victim once the match ends but they are end up just uh, standing in the uh, on the staging Or kneeling, if you will, very
1: politely, and not being zombies anymore.
0: (laughs) Just watching the match, they they cut to the one point of the match, and one guy is just kind of like peeking over the guy in front of him (laughs) with his mouth agape. Really, yeah, just a guy with his face painted white. Was Lindy workers? I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure.
1: Is Mike Mills in there? Was he was he wrestling
0: in '91? (laughs) I'm not sure about that. We'll have to check in with him on that as well.
1: From there, uh, but but I should should, and we failed to mention it. There is so much, and uh, it's already happened and going to continue happening. Just Awkward, pointless climbing of the cage. Right. It's not an escape match. Like, you're not escaping. Nobody's actually doing spots off it. They're just climbing and then getting somebody's climbing up next to them and pulling them down.
0: Right. And the only reason to ever climb the cage is next to the switch, which is only about maybe seven feet or eight step feet off up the up ground. The, yeah, stuff up on
1: the first level in the cage, you're there. Right. So... and Aligante, cac- it's like eye level. <laughs> basically,
0: basically. But at one point, yeah, Sting and Cactus are like three quarters of the way. Up the cage, but they're on the opposite side of where the switch is, so they're just randomly fighting with each other on the cage. The
1: best is Abby, (laughs) Abdul the Butcher. You know, yeah, he, climbing, at one point climbing he's the cage. Like, what are you just, doing? Just to show
0: that he could, I think, <laughs> basically. And he's by himself.
1: So, most he did in the entire match, the rest of the time, he just held on to people and leaned on them. And bled. Yeah, and, and <laughs> stabbed them in the neck with stuff.
0: That's normal. That's standard issue for Abdullah the Butcher. Hopefully, everybody in this match got blood tested afterwards. <laughs> I, would, I would hope so. So, we see the guy in the black mask again, and now he is literally handcuffed to the cage, much like Al Snow in the last match we watched. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> No idea. It's great. I don't know why they cut to him because he's just there on his ass. And
1: there's no, just, and the commentator's are not even putting over that. Like, here's this guy who's not supposed to be in the match who's just in it.
0: He's not in it, Brian. We <laughs> talked about this. He's not in it. He's just there. So they show the switch. They cut and show the actual switch that starts the whole process that ends the match, essentially. And right at the top, it says off. And then it says the bottom, it says on.
1: Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta grab it and pull it down to turn it on, right?
0: But the switch is already down. What?
1: <laughs> oh, they so, must have they must have screwed up the uh, Somebody must have screwed up the on and off. Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, right. That's a lot. lefty loosey, righty tighty. That yeah, kind of thing. yeah yeah
1: yeah. So it's it's down. So they have to flip it up to turn it on. Then right? Yeah, you,
0: you go up, back down. Uh, uh, who knows? <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll see more of this later on. But essentially, any rattling of the cage will basically trip the switch. That's so good. So. <laughs> Cactus climbs up and actually fixes the switch. That's nice of him. He puts it back up. Sting pulls him down, and of course, doing that, rattles the cage, and the switch falls back down again. <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: other thing, the other thing I've noticed at this point, too, in this match, nobody's really trying to win. <laughs> like it, As we get towards the finish, there's people that try to put people in the chair, but... For most of the match, nobody's actually actively trying to put anybody in the chair. You see
0: Scott Hall a few times. Actually, he's one of the ones that is actively, the Diamond Stud, actively trying to get someone in that little cage onto the chair. This big, you know, wooden structure, the chair. Uh, he's there a number of times, but guys, yeah, have, uh, Sting. I don't think he was ever in the general same area code as, no. the, as the chair, no. but. <laughs> You're no. just randomly hanging off the cage now, for why no particular are you
1: reason. This thing?
0: So uh, speaking of a waste, Elegante and Abdul the Butcher at one point, they are going at it and woof.
1: Could you imagine if, if they were in a match together that wasn't a match of this type? This match actually saved them, I think.
0: Oh my goodness. So just random battles throughout this thing and as i said a number of times guys are being pushed into that chair being pulled back out you know forcing their way out of that little cage there trying to get out of the uh out of that chair so they can't be uh electrocuted if you will but it doesn't really matter if they get on the chair because then they got to send someone they really should just have someone like cactus was the best at that just kind of climbing up there and waiting to throw the switch but never did a babyface ever go near that switch to attempt to do a, i guess what would be a, a false finish where you'd go up to the switch and yeah. just be just about to throw it but something happens but no and i'm guessing
1: cactus climbed up there so early because he probably had no idea when the finish was coming i'm sure it wasn't well planned out i'm sure it was just like yeah I don't know, we'll get there and you do it
0: <laughs> so let's talk about this finish sure you got Rick Steiner with guts on his tights. <laughs> Just the word, not literal guts. Well, he's got a little bit of Abby's blood, so Ugh. a little bit of uh, Abby guts. Ugh. And then there's Abby's gut. So you have the two of them battling back and forth. Rick Steiner ends up on the chair, and uh, Abdullah laying in the punches, whatnot. Rick Steiner gets up, grabs around the, 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 the blubber, <laughs> and... easy. sorry buddy and jim ross calls it that he belly to bellies
1: abdullah (laughs) they tried to make it sound like like a big suplex
0: and all he did really was just turn around and place him down on the chair (laughs) yes standing switch exactly (laughs) so yes abdullah ends up on the chair
1: (laughs) did you happen to notice like, so now he's locking him in. He's locking his arms yes, in. Yes, yes. And they realize, oh, shit, Abdullah has sat on
0: the... <laughs> the little headpiece. The headpiece. Yes, the, <laughs> that you put on the guy's head when you want to electrocute them. And meanwhile, the entire time this is happening, uh, Rick Steiner is strapping him in, trying to pull that headpiece out of Abdullah's ass to put it on his head. <laughs> and Cactus is by the switch. He believes that Rick Steiner is in the chair. Last he looked back, Rick Steiner was in the chair. Ten minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the old uh, manager on the floor with his back turned, goes in and swipes as the wrestler is uh, coming off the ropes, but the, uh, you know, the heel gets reversed. So the heel manager trips the heel. Usually that happens in the course of three seconds. Yeah. This happened in the course of uh, 90 seconds. Yes,
1: yeah, in reality, it was probably like a minute or two. Right. <laughs> Which is an awkwardly long time for this spot.
0: Yeah, so Cactus is staring out into the audience for however long it takes for Rick Steiner <laughs> to get you know, this thing out of one of the folds of Abdul the Butcher onto his head. So finally, Cactus realizes that the spot is complete. Abdullah is in the chair. He's not supposed to realize this, but he's looking out into the crowd and saying, hey, I got him, I got him. Throws the switch, which has been locked back in the upright position by Cactus. He's, uh very good of him. <laughs> and then he throws the switch, not knowing that his buddy Abdullah is in the chair. And then fireworks roman <laughs> candles go off everywhere
1: yes not dangerous at all for the performers in the ring no the, the canvas literally caught gets on, fire. on fire nick patrick is walking around stepping on the <laughs> fires
0: well that's i guess that's who's there for then yes <laughs> so abdullah is essentially he's dead yeah <laughs> well, my, Tony Schiavone says, I think he's well done, guys. Yeah, yeah speaking
1: light of murder. Might, so uh, the, the kiddos were in the room when I was watching this match this morning, and Kirsten, my daughter, uh, catch, this catches her eye, and right. she looks at me very seriously and goes, daddy, daddy, is he dead? I said, no, sweetie, he's not dead.
0: Are you sure? She says. That's just the crowd. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I go, yes, yeah, sweetie, he's not dead. It's okay.
0: <laughs> speaking of fireworks, just a, a segue here. Every week I come up here to record with you, Brian, in New Hampshire, I go by a store, a fireworks store. Yeah. I can see maybe the week of the 4th of July, two weeks. I'll give you the month of June. That place is hopping. What is happening the other 11 months of the year at the fireworks store? This was like the centerpiece of the strip mall. <laughs> it is the biggest <laughs> store in the strip mall in New Hampshire. It is. How does that place stay in business? I,
1: I don't know. I've never been in a, in a fireworks store in my life. Although, uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a limb here and guess that the majority of their clientele comes from Massachusetts.
0: Probably. And there's only been one Chamber of Horrors match, so...
1: Well, you know, hey, if I ever book a show in New Hampshire, I'll, maybe we'll do one.
0: There you go, <laughs> and you have the uh, fireworks store is right there for you. Perfect. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of parking. <laughs> so, yes, this match ends, and the winners are the team, news to me, of Elegante, the Steiners, and Sting. The baby faces win the match due to Cactus Jack's faulty uh, switch throwing. And
1: what a team it is.
0: It sure is. So, after the match ends, Abdullah is in the chair. He's bloody. He is dead. Yes. <laughs> so Cactus goes and checks on his fallen friend, but no, his eyes open. Oh my God, he's a zombie. He's now a zombie. <laughs> he gets up, headbutts Cactus Jack, bails out of the ring, goes up onto the ramp.
1: Well, he wait. He waits for the the stagehands to come. Uh, uh, very politely, put the missing piece of the. Platform in place to the entrance because the cage was there. Uh, Did you notice, by the way, Abdullah was sitting dead in the chair, and all the stagehands are around cleaning up the ring and moving the cage and sweeping and stuff. There's a (laughs) there's a a literal dead man (laughs) in an electric chair, two feet away from them, and they're just you know going through their day. On to the next. (laughs) On to the next.
0: So yeah, he gets up back on the staging area, the ramp to uh, the back. The nurse zombies, the zombie nurses, are still there. I, I don't know why they didn't start to approach the ring, because there was a, a carcass, a a dead man in the ring.
1: <laughs> not, but the, not the Undertaker.
0: No. So, Abdullah just lays out all of these zombie nurses. But the issue here is they're on this ramp, but I guess these zombies were a little timid. They didn't want to bump off the ramp, so they get bumped, and they all are on this ramp, which is like five six feet wide so Abdullah has nowhere to go once he's bumping these guys in front of him so he's stepping over these guys as he's bumping them, trips and falls on his face.
1: Well this is one thing these two matches both had in common (laughs) while they both end with somebody (laughs) tripping and falling
0: Perfectly done. So Cactus and Abdullah fight to the back and then we cut to uh, Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone who are all too happy to move on to the next (laughs) thing and by the way this thing opened Halloween Havoc 1991, I guess to set all that stuff up in the ring, you had to have the, the time, so they put this match on first. Very very Jim Kettner. Yeah, how all do you right. follow death? <laughs> and Jim, Jim
1: Ross had to sit through both of these things. He did. My goodness. <laughs> I know, isn't that amazing?
0: <laughs> so yes, uh, two absolutely terrible, brutal, scary, frightening matches that you should check out on the WWE network. Frightening for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yes, so uh, let's move on, shall we? <laughs>
1: Please
0: <laughs> let us know what you think on Twitter at the WPAN. Let us know your take on this week's episode, your thoughts on the kennel from hell on the chamber of horrors. Use the hashtag WPAN, or you can call the voicemail line. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Ask us a question. Tell us a story, anything you want on the voicemail line, 401 401- Booking the territory with Mike Mills, Heart Buddy Harper, Doc Turner, comes out twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays. On Sundays, they are doing the Smoky Mountain Show, reviewing that each and every week. Then Thursdays, it is the old NWA World Championship Wrestling Saturday Night 605 show. They review two shows Each and every week on Sundays and Thursdays. Make sure to check out MikeMills.Podbean.com. That is the southern flavor of old school wrestling. If you want the northern flavor, it is our vantage point. The Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Check that out Mondays after the wrestling podcast about nothing, of course. OVPPodcast.com. Greetings from Allentown with PW. Peter Winson, he talks about one single episode of wrestling television each and every week, weaves in his own stories, his tales, his affinity for the Bruins, the for th- the Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Peter Winson. Greetings from Allentown, a great show, a great guy, so make sure to check that out. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason Stewart, Adam Salzer, all the rest. Stuff going on all week long on that feed, so subscribe and And enjoy, and Brian, usually, I exhaustively pour through the results of a bunch of recent independent shows and single out funny, strange, or interesting matches from these events. But this time out, Brian, we're doing something a little different.
1: AKA, you're too lazy to, uh... No, 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 no. (laughs) I
0: found an issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, actually the PWI 500 from 1998. Oh, my goodness. So, 20 years ago. I will give you the names of wrestlers that may be ranked in the 1998 edition of the PWI 500. You tell me if that wrestler was making towns in 1998, as in they are real independent pro wrestlers, or if they're a made-up clown, a name I just made up. All right. Brian, I have the issue of the PWI 500 right here. Wow. Stone Cold Steve Austin, huh? He is number one in 1998. How about Stone Cold Steve Pierce? (laughs) He's doing pretty well. He's doing pretty well. Fingers crossed. We're taping this before a Sunday night's uh, game.
1: Hey, it's a win-win for me. If they they pull it off tonight, they're world champions. If not, they get another crack at it Tuesday night and, uh, you know, I'll be there.
0: Here's hoping they win tonight.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm right there with you, buddy.
0: Because, uh, yeah, you went and uh, hooked up with Bobby Cruz. That's
1: because I couldn't afford to foot the tickets for you. (laughs) I guess so. Maybe we we could have pawned the, uh, the mixer you don't use.
0: Oh boy! All right, let's <laughs> take a look at the uh, PWI five hundred, Brian, and the first name is number two ninety eight in the nineteen ninety eight PWI five hundred. His name, appropriately enough, on this uh, All Hallows Eve edition of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. T. Period. Ranchula. T. Ranchula. What What? What year is this again? Nineteen hundred ninety eight. <laughs> Twenty years ago. T
1: Rantula. So it's so it's uh hmm. So it's it's making towns or made up clown, or, or what, what are we calling this, Mike?
0: Was this guy making towns in ninety eight or is he a made up clown?
1: Okay. I'm I'm gonna say the T Rantula was uh making towns. You are correct, sir. All right.
0: And there's a picture of him right there. Oh my god, oh he has spider web pants. He sure does. He's very pasty, too. He's a very pasty gentleman. And uh, T. Ranchula competes primarily for the independents in Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Ohio. He is a big, brawling competitor. He has also appeared in both WCW and the WWF, but hasn't had any success. (laughs) (laughs) That we know for sure. (laughs) Yes, we do. All right, Brian, moving on in the PWI 500 from 20 years ago, you tell me if this guy was making towns back then or he is a made-up clown Number three hundred and five in the PWI five hundred, nineteen ninety eight, Thrill Billy, <laughs> not Hill Billy, but Thrill Billy.
1: Thrill Billy. Hmm. I feel like this could be one that you made up. This sounds. This sounds like in the realm of the Mike Crockett creative brain. I'm gonna say he's a made up
0: clown. Thrill Billy is a made up clown. Number three hundred and five. Allegedly, in the PWI 500, you are incorrect.
1: Oh. Thrillbilly
0: did exist. All right. He was also known as the Scufflin' Hillbilly. Not uh, Not Larry Huntley? Not Larry Huntley. (laughs) He uh, lifted it, apparently. Apparently. Who knew? And the Disco Hillbilly. (laughs) Okay. And he became the Thrillbilly. He entertains his fans by dancing before his matches. Ooh. I love a good dance-off. So he's two ninety eight, so you must yeah, that guy dancing. You know how it goes.
1: <laughs> these guys are pretty high up for like independent fellas.
0: Yeah, 305. Yeah, Not 305,
1: bad. 305, 298. Like these are these are these are fairly high numbers. That's higher than I've
0: ever been. So we're working our way towards 500 here. So let's move on to number 363. Brian in the PWI five hundred in nineteen ninety eight. All right. Woody Woodchuck.
1: Woody Woodchuck.
0: Is he making towns in ninety eight? Or is he a made-up clown I just made up last night?
1: I think he's a made-up clown he just made up last night. That name is that name has Mike Crockett written all over it.
0: Woody Woodchuck, he's making towns. Fucking really <laughs> making towns. <laughs> Three sixty-three. Let me see here. Let me read up on a uh, Woody Woodchuck.
1: I would guess this guy. The picture of this guy here <laughs> looks like a Woody Woodchuck <laughs> to me.
0: No, that is not him. That is not him. So he is a tri-state wrestler. He is the promotion's heavyweight champion. Oh, wow. He's a top guy. He must have owned the company. <laughs> he dresses like a lumberjack. Oh, there he is right there. There's a picture of him. Dressed like a lumberjack. All right. In plaid. Nice mustache. Good for
1: him. Hopefully he was successful at promoting.
0: little length in the back. little length in the back. <laughs> He's considered an intelligent wrestler and a tough brawler.
1: Okay.
0: So He's a, got that. Like lumberjack. He's got that going He's for him. He's an intelligent wrestler. <laughs> so let's move on to 401. We're getting into the nitty gritty here of the PWI 500. The prime malonis
1: area of the, of the 500.
0: <laughs> I don't think we will find you in this one. This is before your time, my friend.
1: No, no, no. I'm just saying this is right. you know, this is where I have operated for the majority of them. Yes, indeed. <laughs> what were
0: you with this year? I don't know. In the late 400s. There you go. Congratulations. But ROH, you think that the just the cachet of being in there would kind of bump you a little bit? I don't know.
1: Probably this year. I get. I would imagine, you know, be higher. This, I don't know when this, when this year's was, yeah, it was just determined a couple months or whatever, ago. but it's probably you know fairly early, you know, whenever the cutoff was.
0: I suppose. All right, let's move on, Brian. Look, I haven't even been a regular roster member for a year yet. Relax. Okay, Okay, okay. <laughs> we'll keep our eye out for next year. So number 401. Professor Egon Ecton. Professor Egon Ecton. Number 401 in the 1998 PWI 500. Yes or no? Uh, making towns in 98, this guy? Or is he a made-up clown? Well,
1: it Sounds like a Ghostbusters fan. I'll say he's making towns. There you go. All right. He is
0: making towns. He is number 401 in the PWI 500. And uh, what do we say about this guy? He's a strange character, even by wrestling standards. He's from Three Mile Island. What? So him and Adam Baum. Just kind of hanging out, doing things. Maybe he was the one who created Adam Bomb.
1: Maybe. I never know. I figured this was going to be a straight-up Ghostbusters ripoff.
0: Well, he usually comes to the ring dressed in his lab coat, and is formed a tag team with another wrestler known only as the Lab Experiment. Okay. His finishing move is the Prof Drop, because... (laughs) Why not? Why wouldn't it be? It's Drop (laughs) Plex. Just add your name to the front, and (laughs) that's your finish. And uh, used to dye his hair several different colors, but recently lost a hair-versus-hair match and was shaved bald. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. So Professor Egon Ecton is making Towns in 1998. Let's move on to number 441. We're really getting into the shit
1: here. <laughs> Mr.
0: Excellent.
1: Mr. Excellent.
0: Mr excellent i
1: mean you're lazy with this stuff sometimes but you're not even that lazy i'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna say this guy's making towns
0: <laughs> he's making towns number 441 i think i
1: might have the pattern here Mike. <laughs> take
0: a look at mr excellent look at that satin jacket oh, he looks excellent <laughs> he sure does if it's written on a satin jacket you know it's true he sure mr is. excellent
1: he's not a sports illustrated legend but
0: <laughs> no i'm sure he stitches number right under his name there maybe Mr. Excellent. Alright, moving on to number four forty six, just a few later. The original Sandman.
1: The original Sandman.
0: Yeah, I guess we know there's there's Sandman and ECW, but this is the original Sandman. The
1: original Sandman. Number
0: four forty six in right. the PWI five hundred uh, in nineteen ninety
1: eight. I think he's making towns, Mike.
0: <laughs> is he making towns? Four forty six.
1: <laughs> the original Sandman
0: he's a made-up clown oh you piece of shit i gotcha 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 (laughs) so no the original sandman is completely fake i made it up (laughs) moving on to number 451 in the pwi 500 eight ball jones
1: eight ball jones Ooh, i love a good eight ball
0: (laughs) (laughs) who doesn't especially at this time Nineteen ninety eight, no drug tests.
1: I don't know. I don't know. People, see if it was eight ball still a thing in ninety. It feels like more of an eighties thing. Well, like all, I-
0: all s- signs point to yes, Ryan. <laughs> yeah,
1: they sure, <laughs> they sure do. Hopefully, he has that jacket. <laughs> I, I think he have to because I, because I think I think he's making towns.
0: He is. He is making towns, but I don't think no. There's no picture. No picture, sadly. Of 8-Ball Jones. And let me see here. Uh, I've seen a person
1: with that jacket before in real life.
0: I have, too. I was <laughs> at Foxwoods. Made my day. I was so happy. I think I took a picture <laughs> of him, but it's probably on an old phone, <laughs> so I don't think I still have it. I see nothing here about a multicolored leather jacket that 8-Ball Jones wore but Appalachian Mountain champion playboy Brian Wayne threw a fireball in his face not too long ago. Whoa. Does it
1: really say not too long ago? Not too long ago.
0: (laughs) 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 All right. uh, We got a few more here, Brian. (laughs) Number 455. Rat Boy. Rat Boy. Rat Boy. R-A-T-B-O-Y. Rat Boy. (laughs) I'm going to say a made-up clown. Rat Boy. It's making some fucking towns in 1998. <laughs> Let's see exactly where. 455 Rat Boy. You oh, can't figure out why none of these guys got looks. He's reigned as the National Wrestling Council Champion for more than a year. Wow.
1: Does he own no the promotion?
0: I'm sure he does. The Cat Trap is his finisher. Huh. At least it's not the Rat Drop. or I guess it'd be the Rat Droppings. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that
1: would have been pretty clever.
0: He's competed in North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Virginia Rat Boy, ladies and gentlemen. Number 470. Wrapping up here. The PWI 500, making towns, made up clowns. Number 470, Crazy Joe.
1: Crazy Joe.
0: Oh, all
1: right. Hold on here. Crazy Joe. What are you trying to pull here, Mike, huh? Crazy This is a tough one because you could have definitely made this up because it could have been an ode to
0: Crazy Joe DiVola.
1: Mm Mm-hmm or this guy could have stolen it from Seinfeld because it's the perfect time frame.
0: Right. The show is just ending at this point.
1: Crazy Joe is making towns.
0: He was. All right. He was in 1998. He's sadistic but popular with the Mid-South fans. Oh, okay. Agile despite his paunchy appearance. <laughs> he likes matches that involve barbed wire and kendo sticks. Okay. Here is uh, a picture of Crazy Joe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Paunchy. I can't imagine why he uh, didn't get a look. <laughs> 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 Christ. All right. Christ Number right. four eighty five in the PWI 500, 1998. Froggy. Feeling froggy, Brian? No,
1: nah, no, nah, I'm not I'm not, feeling, You're not froggy. feeling froggy. I think I think I think Froggy's a made up clown
0: you are correct all right froggy's made up but <laughs> number 485 in the pwi 500 1998 is toad all right so i took the inspiration <laughs> to create froggy but toad is number 485 is
1: that in case i actually somehow weirdly knew the, the 500 from 98
0: <laughs> maybe his favorite move Ryan. toad salt I like it. It's the name creative. Add the thing at the end. That's how you did it back in nineteen ninety eight. And he teamed with Lodi from Raven's Flock. Wow. In the independence.
1: Well, that's something.
0: That is something.
1: How would you like to be in the tag team where you're the where where Lodi's involved and you're and you're the less successful guy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to number five hundred in the nineteen ninety eight PWI five hundred. Very
1: prestigious, uh, the number five hundred.
0: It's small and prestigious. Well, I say number 500 is Chip Fairway. Chip Fairway. Is he number 500 and making towns, or is he not number 500 and he's a made up clown?
1: Well, you know, 500 is usually something memorable, something catchy. Chip Fairway would certainly fall into that. So I'm going to say he's making towns. I'm going to say 598 was Chip Fairway.
0: You are correct, sir. All yes. Right. Chip Fairway, he's the golf enthusiast, and he caused a stir by starting his career with a five-month undefeated streak. So I guess five shows, probably. All right. <laughs> so his finisher, the Titanium Driver.
1: That's actually pretty good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he considers his golf club Big Bertha to be his personal valet. All right. So... uh, there you go. Chip Fairway wrestled occasionally for WF and WCW, but didn't have any success. All right. Much like T-Rantula. <laughs> so, folks, that is Making Towns, Made Up Clowns, the special edition from 20 years ago, the PWI 500. Let us know what you think on Twitter, at the WPAN. Brian, it is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, you are hitting the highways and byways. Brian, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler dates.
1: Yeah. This Saturday, Mike, the 3rd of November, the day before the day of your birth. It is. Yes. It is. I'll be heading to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for Ring of Honors International Television Taping in Pittsburgh, Stage AE, right in the shadows of Heinz Field, where my beloved Pittsburgh Steelers uh, play their home games. So always love to uh, uh, return to the city of Pittsburgh, and obviously, uh, with everything that happened, uh, I know we we take on uh, the more lighter side of the world, but uh, obviously, Thoughts and prayers and all those good things. Yeah. And hopefully bullshit like this just stops happening. And we Then and we don't have to talk about it anymore. Exactly. But uh, I'll be returning to Pittsburgh and happy to do so. Happy to, uh, you know, hopefully bring some smiles to the faces of the fans in Pittsburgh next weekend with Ring of Honor. Uh, so looking forward to that. And then, Mike, uh, the 7th of November, a Wednesday night. Ooh. I'll be heading to a place I know fairly well, Lewiston, Maine. I've wrestled the matcher 10 there, I'm sure.
0: Atlas Championship Wrestling.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh, Ring of Honor. Moose Monroe returns. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Conquering Hero returns home (laughs) uh, to Lewiston, Maine, with Ring of Honor, part of the Global Wars uh, tour for Ring of Honor. And then the very next night, Mike, I return to the city where I've wrestled more matches uh, than anywhere else in my career. Lowell, Massachusetts, the Lowell Memorial Auditorium, Global Wars, Night 2. You can get tickets to all of these on ROHwrestling.com. The Pittsburgh show will be shown on TV. But uh, if you're not in the New England area, Maine, or Massachusetts, or for some reason can't make it out to these great events, you can stream and watch them live uh, with your subscription to Honor Club. Go to ROHwrestling.com for tickets and information on Honor Club. Then Mike, I'm very excited. Oh, for this next thing. You see him? It. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting on an airplane, Mike. Oh. <laughs> well, I fly to go wrestle quite a bit these I days. I know,
0: but I know what's, what's <laughs> coming here.
1: I'm going on vacation, baby. I'm going to Walt Disney World. This Mickey. Is the Mo- Disney
0: countdown over your shoulder.
1: Oh yeah, Mickey Mouse has booked me, so uh, I'll be there for for a week, and then uh, Thanksgiving's my birthday. I just want to throw it out there if anybody oh, wants no. to buy me anything. There you go, <laughs> Michael. Okay, <laughs> but then after that, Mike, I will be returning. This is Thanksgiving weekend, November the twenty fourth. I'll be heading to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, for a big doubleheader with Chikara and Beyond Wrestling. Chikara has a three p.m. bell time. Beyond Wrestling, a seven p.m. bell time. I will be on both ends of that. Oh, yes, it's the if we're Beyond Wrestling, it's a tournament for tomorrow. Me and Cam Zagami are part of this. If we're so lucky to win our first round match, we'll advance to the second round on Sunday, November the twenty fifth, in Worcester, Massachusetts massachusetts so uh you know we'll see we'll see what happens there mike uh, hopefully some good fortune coming uh for me and one of my many tag team partners in this case <laughs> cam zagami and then i'll round it out mike with my first booking in december december the 7th friday night in south boston it's ufo wrestling i return uh no longer the ufo heavyweight champion oh. uh but uh still will be there in attendance uh
0: for ufo all right sounds great and if you want to book the kingpin Email Brian Malonis at Comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis. It is time for this week's promo about nothing, the year 1989. And we're going to the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation.
1: Anything can happen the World
0: Wrestling Federation. And it does here because this is one of the more amazing promos you will ever see. A lot of consequences. A lot of things coming out of this promo. Let's take a listen to this promo from The Bushwhackers. This week's promo about nothing. You set me up and you let me down. (laughs) Whoa, yay! Cousin, isn't it good to walk in the arena and to see all the kids swinging their arms? Oh, not only the kids, Cousin Luke, but all our mates out there, all the bushwaggaroos, right, as we're coming in, Cousin Luke, as we're climbing, the as we're coming. marching, as we're going to the top That's of right, the WW Tag Team ladder, all our... All our mates out there, they're doing it with us. (laughs) They're climbing to the top with us. They're helping us match our. We're all going together, Kevin. We're matching all of us. It's one for all, and all our mates out there for the bushwagers!
1: They are so blown up. (laughs) (laughs) Just fill in time, Brian. Essentially, just fill in time. (laughs) We need 45
0: seconds, guys. What is it about? Uh, nothing. Go. <laughs> Just be you. <laughs> this is a promo about nothing. <laughs> Maybe for the first time ever. Literally, this promo is about nothing. Come on, though. Whoa! Yay! <laughs> there is nothing going
1: on. <laughs> I'm sure this is right before they went out and licked some children <laughs> on their way to the ring. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they had a lot of energy. Ryan, a lot of love you, to give. Let me ask you
1: this. You, you bring Maxwell to a wrestling show. You letting a bushwhacker lick him?
0: Hmm. <laughs> See, I would think those were setups. To, they worked that out beforehand. You think so? Oh, maybe not. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, Butch was going to fucking hurt himself. <laughs> he was just – he almost forgot his cousin's name at one point. The, uh, uh, cousin Luke.
1: <laughs> just
0: the, the, all that the just blood. Real, that's his real name.
1: <laughs> it's, I not know. Like, it's not like it's like a, a made-up gimmick name or something. Luke's
0: his real name. He, there's just so much blood flowing through that head of his that he, he <laughs> he's just so worked up. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, completely out of breath, like you said. Uh, after this, they both collapsed into a heap. I'm sure. <laughs> and I personally think
1: the best work uh, that that these guys ever did was in the WWF. <laughs>
0: Right, McMill's. <laughs> <laughs> he brought that up when we talked about uh, uh, worst gimmicks. I think.
1: Yeah, he did But it's it's got to go up his ass and a lot of probably a lot of people's ass sideways that they will always be mostly remembered for as the
0: bushwhackers. So you're saying you are a bushwhackeroo through and through?
1: Sure. The Playboy was Playboy loved him some bushwhackers.
0: I think my dad loved the teeth, the love the hand <laughs> thing, the arm thing. It's Lo- very memorable. Loved getting licked. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Brian, uh, you talk about in promos, where's the money? What is the point? The point of a promo is to get someone to buy a ticket to see you or to to watch you on pay-per-view or whatnot, pay for a subscription. Talk people into the building.
1: Yes. Dusty Rhodes did it for decades. Talk people into the building.
0: What were these guys doing?
1: I'd buy a ticket to go see these guys after seeing (laughs) that. You wouldn't? I mean, come on, old man Crockett, you uh, liked him.
0: He, d- he, he did. He brought you to a
1: show or two, I'm sure, in this day and age, right?
0: Right. So I guess you feel like getting licked. <laughs> go to the old uh, playing, WF was, show. Was, this show lick my son. Come lick my son. <laughs> he wants to be licked. <laughs> God, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> you heard this promo about nothing or you want the full picture? Find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com.
1: took one look at you. Like I'm not looking at that fucking guy.
0: <laughs> they licked the hair right off my head. <laughs> the WPAN.com. We are back right here next Monday for episode 133 of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Till then, he is the kingpin Brian Malonis. Whoa! I'm Mike Crockett. Yay! Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.